Hey there, festive friends and film enthusiasts. Welcome to another merry episode of Retro Life for You, Movies of the 1980s. I'm your host, Chris, and today we're delving into the heartwarming holiday gem, Prancer. Join me as we journey into the snowy landscapes of Prancer, a Christmas classic that tells the tale of a young girl named Jessie Riggs, who discovers a wounded reindeer and believes it's Prancer, one of Santa's reindeer. This enchanting film captures the magic of the holiday season as Jesse's belief in the injured reindeer leads to the heartwarming adventure, renewing the spirit of Christmas for her and those around her. It's a story of hope, belief, and the power of Christmas magic as Jesse's determination to nurse the reindeer back to health ignites the imagination of her small town and restores the joy of the season. So grab your hot cocoa and join me on a sleigh ride through the heartfelt wonder of Prancer. We'll explore the film's themes, unforgettable moments, and the enduring legacy that makes a beloved part of the holiday movie collection. Get ready for a dose of holiday cheer as we celebrate the enchantment of Prancer. Here we go. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast of Retro Life for You, movies of the 1980s. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show, and back in time for the end of the year to help spread with us some Christmas cheer, Mr. Travis Rollins. What's happening, man? Not too much. uh, Trying to think of uh, all the many ways we can... Send the Christmas cheer out to all the lovely retro people this year. That's oh, the only way I know how to rhyme that. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we could say something about Sam Elliott and the beer. Uh, we could. Or we could talk <laughs> about which direction we'd like to steer. Oh, if we were driving some reindeer. Oh, out in the clear. <laughs> never fear the two guys are here that's right. with with no eyes that are queer <laughs> we could do this all night long couldn't we might uh, anyway oh i used to collect baseball cards i had tops and fleer oh you did <laughs> that's awesome man i used to play baseball itself i had lots of baseball gear <laughs> Oh my gosh. We got to quit. We could do this for at least the rest of the year. Uh huh. And <laughs> we don't go too far, but we might get pretty well near. Ah, that's true. That's true. I hope there'll be somebody listening else. Nobody will hear. <laughs> well, if they're listening to us, they're listening to the top tier. Oh, you got me there. Okay. <laughs> I had to do that Eminem thing and just like kind of uh, twist the word to make it rhyme. <laughs> we got you said they got us you got me there. I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now now what what we're doing is we're continuing our month of December of Christmas fun. Now, of course, Travis didn't get to be a part of the previous two we did. Uh, that no. you guys have got to hear, and Great. it's a shame. It would have been would have been very fun, but I mean, 
you know, he got drunk and laid drunk on eggnog and laid out with a curly white yeah. beard on his face, claiming he was Travis Claus. And yep, I did that twice. And twice. Then, yep. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna let it slide, you know, because you know I'm nice. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We're bringing uh, been real busy up and ramping up operations there at uh, building all these. Uh, I, I don't know what we call them freedom machines. I guess would be a good way to say it. Oh, we could, <laughs> yes, It'd be a good way. A good way of saying it without actually saying it. Yeah, yeah. Building all them but, freedom machines. But you know, I, in all seriousness, I give Travis a hard time. I always pick on him, but the man works like ten times more than I do, so I can't really say a lot about <laughs> it. Oh gosh, I work a lot. Um, definitely somebody stays busy to the busy. Uh, he he stays so busy, I feel tired for him. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> guess, except, for tonight, for except for tonight. Except for tonight, because my football team won, and I'm hyped all night. And I ain't oh yeah! Sleeping. Congratulations on that. By the way, I ain't sleeping the rest of the night probably. So right. anyway, but we're gonna talk about Prancer. Uh, we previously did uh, a Christmas story. We did a little TV specials for a bonus episode, and mm-hmm. this is gonna be Prancer. And uh, not Donner, I'm, not Blitzen. That's right. Not even Rudolph. No, you not know, even. with the with, with the bright red nose. Not even yep. him. Well, we're not doing him. Prancer. He did get to play in the reindeer games. Okay, yeah, that's right. But, that's right. Yeah, he was cool. Uh, but I've I had never seen this movie till just I want to say maybe two years ago. I was uh, telling Travis earlier it was uh, turned on to me by another podcast that did an episode on it. And I took to it, and I was like, man, how would I ever watch that movie? I got to check this out. So I checked it out, loved it. It was great. Right. And um, it's awesome. I, I did. Uh, I do want to say, though, I, I, I did try. I reached out to Rebecca Tickell and tried my best to get her to see if she would come on the show and talk Prancer, but I've not been able to reach her any time in the last couple of years that I've tried. So I don't know what the magic um the, the magic way is to get to her. I've tried every, everywhere I could find anywhere from the web page they have uh, to just social media. But I do know that her and her husband are very busy filmmakers these days. So they do a lot of things like documentaries and certain um, type movies that might make Netflix or Hulu, but are usually about like, um, you know, the current current state of the world with the, um, uh, global warming or nature in general or fossil fuels and stuff like that they do so right on right on to each their own but who's uh, your favorite reindeer oh it's rudolph and he leads the pack rudolph i mean why not you know you know i i, I rewatched the santa claus series uh-huh. Yeah, uh, last week, and I think my favorite reindeer—I I can't remember his name. What was it like Gus or something? Like the little young reindeer that he goes flying around. And he's like, "Oh no!" He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like "Are you sure?" Uh, uh, do you know who another famous reindeer is down here in the south? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Leroy the redneck reindeer. Leroy the redneck reindeer. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody down here knows Leroy the redneck reindeer. He ain't the one that ran over grandma there, was he? No, but if you have been, if your grandmother has been run over by a reindeer, you may be entitled to compensation this year. That's true. So That's true. make sure you reach out to the law offices of Diddy, Do It, and How. Diddy, Do It, and How. And, you know, they'll like take it. care of you from there. You got to watch that Diddy, though. Even 50 Cent coming out talking about him, though. You got He's in that weird circle of people that. Uh-oh. Like you do favors and stuff. I don't know. That's that's not good. 
That's not good. And 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 I want to bring up to Travis, you was not here, okay, for this episode. Mm-hmm. However, I uh I have I have uh, given her a little bit of a hard time about it and teased a little bit. Uh Cindy kind of called me out on not knowing all the reindeers. Oh, you about to quiz me do, on a reindeer? Do you do you not no, I'm not I'm you know what? Oh, okay. I've already told her that I know all the reindeers because I quoted them to her finally. But do uh-huh. you know all the reindeers? Let's see. There was there was Dancer and Dasher and Comet and Cupid, Donner Blitzer, Donner Blitzen. Uh, you got. I I have to like write them down to know the ones that I name. <laughs> <laughs> Dancer, Prancer, Dasher, Donner, Comet, Cupid, Blitzen. And that's all I got. Oh, you're missing you're missing two, the most important one of all, and then one extra one. Uh Rudolph and well Rudolph wasn't you, Rudolph led the sleigh. Yeah. Only if, that one but, night, though. But since I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna just recite them for everybody so they know that we do know our stuff here. All right. And and once we do this, Cindy, if you're listening to this, I still want to hear that McDonald's song. I've not heard all the McDonald's song yet. We're waiting. Uh-oh. We're waiting patiently. Patiently. Okay? Patiently. But we got some Dasher, some Dancer, some Prancer, some Vixen. Vixen. Some Comet, some Cupid, some Cupid, Donner, and, Donner and, Blitzen. and Blitzen. And of course. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Exactly. That would be Rudolph. So uh, I miss Vixen. And of course, everybody knows Rudolph. So, so it's I only okay. missed one. And That's don't right. forget Gus. No, well, <laughs> And Leroy. Okay. And Leroy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what's the first time you, t- you mentioned earlier? It's been a long time since you've seen this, but when, when about was the first time you saw it? You think I would it- say it was either like the year. Well, it would have been 1990. I, I, I would say that since my grandmother hardly ever took me, uh, my cousin and I to the movies, movies, we went to the dollar movies. Um, I, but I remember seeing my grandmother taking my cousin and I to see this movie in the movies. I don't remember if it was before Christmas or if it was afterwards in the dollar movie. So I would say it would have been during December uh, or November, December uh, 1989, or it would have been, you know, mid spring when it came out of the theaters in 1990. And that, yeah. I, so I watched it then. And then I watched it this weekend to to remind myself because, like I said, I was like, uh, you know, the fact that the the ultimate stash was in it, uh, I forgot about him being in there. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. And and um, now, if you would, would you go ahead and educate the people who don't know who the uh, stash is because that could be a couple of people. Oh uh, yeah, I guess it's arguable. It's arguable who the it's arguable for stash sure is. Yeah, two. One of the two uh, inarguable f- it, that's in the lead for it would be Sam Elliott, and the other, of course, is Tom Selleck. Right. So, so, so Sam plays it. John Riggs, the dad in the show, and he does a good job of being uh, cut off emotionally, a little bit of a butthole of a dad. For isn't he though? <laughs> is he not? He is such long- a butthole. I mean, now is it is it is it because now, I can't help but think though after watching the whole movie and understanding how it goes that he's that way because of losing his wife though. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's in mourning for sure, you know. And then he's also mad at himself, you know. Uh, I don't think he's providing the kind of life for the kids that he wants to. 
Right, because they're having trouble on the farm that they have, and it's not going like he things aren't going like he would like them to. Right, right, and that's like him, him, you know, talking about Aunt Sarah or whatever. You know, he was wanting to do that because he wasn't able to provide for them the way he wanted to, not because he couldn't take care of them, but like they could do better. And and it was just for Jessica; it wasn't for both kids. It was just for the girl, right? Because she needed a mother figure in her life. He said, and he just can't do for her like a mother figure could, and she deserved that. Yeah, because he was old school, and you got to think too now. Now, not only is this Sam Elliott too, but this is also like this movie. It, like if this movie had been made today, there'd have been a very different vibe as far as his character John Riggs was concerned. Because you know we've got, well, number one, we got a man's man playing that role, but then at the same time, that's that old school. You know, nineteen eighty nine. That's that old school manly stuff right there. Like you know, you you ought to have a woman show you how to. You know, a man can't show a man a woman how to be a woman. Is you know, right. a woman can't show a man how to be a man. So. So yeah, and so the the boy I, I forget his name. I can't. I don't remember either. It was it Jessica and Steve. Yeah, I do remember Steve because I remember being. I was like Steve. That's just like a weird. I feel like Steve should be an older teenager or something. Why would you call a kid Steve in the movie? I don't know. At his age, you'd think it would still be something like you know Steven. Steven. Steven yeah. You know. But I mean, but, you know, he was a uh, what like a young teenager. I would or yeah maybe like hitting tween, about about twelve or thirteen. I would say that probably a tween somewhere yeah. fourteen at thirteen fourteen at the oldest because she was nine. I remember saying she was nine, or somebody said she was nine. So yeah, I would say he was twelve or thirteen. Well, now before going too deep into it, I'm going to read a quick synopsis off of the people who might not have seen the movie yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, this is a movie about a farm girl who nurses a wounded reindeer that she believes is one of Santa's hoping to bring it back to health in time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Her holiday spirit inspires those around her. Something her disheartened. I said like, what does that say? Her disheartened father is having trouble understanding Jessica, the daughter of an impoverished farmer still believes in Santa Claus. So when she comes across the reindeer with an injured leg, it makes perfect sense to her to assume that it had Prancer who had fallen from the Christmas display in town which coincidentally happened a little bit earlier when she was with her friend in town. You know, she hides him in the barn and feeds him cookies until she can return him to Santa. Her father finds him and decides to sell him to the butcher, not for venison chops, but as an advertising display, because uh, let's just say the reindeer trees, the reindeer really found a way to get under the father's nerves there right at the end. So, Oh yeah. I like the tagline. They lost the true spirit of Christmas and found it locked in the heart of one little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Do that again? No. (laughs) Autobots roll out. (laughs) (laughs) You've got that one down. I'll have to say that. Uh, The first time I told you I'd seen this movie was just a couple years ago. And I really, really, to this day, I can't believe I had never seen it before. I, I do like Christmas movies, but the 80s is not really known for a ton of great Christmas movies. 100%. Got yeah. Christmas Vacation, right? You've got Prancer. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you've got what are some of them that are just arguable. I mean, some people argue that Die Hard is, and some will say Die Hard isn't. I mean, it happens, no, who it, 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 it happens. It happens That's during. That's not an a, argument. Die Hard Bruce is a Christmas Willis, movie. There's no argument. Bruce, Bruce Willis says it was not a Christmas movie. It Bruce was a Willis Bruce Willis, Willis movie. Look, 
<laughs> Look, it, it happens during the Christmas holidays, right? There's a Christmas party going on in the Nakatomi Plaza. There's Christmas decorations everywhere. They are playing Christmas in Hollis, Queens. <laughs> there. Right, right. Everything well, you know, much. I think one thing about this movie, too, is I, th- I think a lot of people did see Prancer Returns that came out in 2001. And I did not. Is there uh, a, there's a Prancer Returns? Yeah, yeah. It came out in 2001. It is not uh, the same there's girl. Also, ch- nah, but check this out. I didn't know this. My wife flipped out because I guess she's seen this, but I had not. There is a Prancer remake uh, that they did last year in 2022. Well, that I did not know about. I will have to search that out and see. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a different, it's, it's a different synopsis. Like instead of, instead of it being her dad and the whole same thing, it's her, it, well, it's a 10 year old and her widowed granddaddy. So her grandpa, you know, grandma died, and then they find they find Prancer or whatever. So, so, I mean, it's a different story, but it's still the same yeah, story. It's not as much of a remake as it is a reimagined version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you've already mentioned Sam Elliott being in the movie, um, playing the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the girl, uh, Rebecca Tickell, who played um, Jessica Riggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was on this other show giving an interview, she had mentioned that Sam Elliott is like a method actor, and he was in character almost the whole time. And there were times where he actually scared oh, her. Man, you know? I can imagine because he was, dude. My the part of the movie that I was, <laughs> I told Tasha. So when she came in, it was there closer to the closer to the end. I guess the back half of the movie. There's still a little bit left, but um, it was when no 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 no. It was when she went to Miss McFarlane when when she had the bright idea that when when Steve told him that they were going uh, Prancer was going to starve to death. And she got the bright idea. We'll make the money, you know. And then uh, <laughs> she come in their house, in the house or whatever upstairs, and like you heard Sam Elliott call her name. And then he leaned up. He's like, he's like, your aunt Sir's coming to town tomorrow. But he he looked so mad and mean when he did it. I was like, dude, he's doing a real good job of playing a damn abusive father right here, like without the without the violence. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's waiting for him to get up and throw something at her. Like he looks so mean. He looks so mad, although he's not abusive, but he just looks mad 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, yeah, he was in no way abusive in the movie. But, I mean, it just like you could have taken that same exact character and just thrown a lamp and you would have had like Doyle Hardgraves or something from Sling Blade. You know what I mean? Like you'd have had to drop the dad right there. (laughs) Oh, man. So to to make mention of a few of the characters, uh, people that were in there, we have Cloris Leachman, who played uh, Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies movies. And uh, amongst other you, things, among other things, I was about to bring that up. Cloris Leachman also, uh, rest in peace. She, yeah. uh, set the record, uh, for, uh, uh, dancing with the stars. She, she, uh, oldest, I guess, um, I guess oldest participant at, um, age 82 when she was on there in 2005, she was 82 years old. Wow. And did dancing with the stars. To be 82 years old and do Dancing with the Stars is very impressive in my eyes anyway. I mean, no because you're not, how many 82 year olds can get up there and move on stage to do dances, even if they slow it down for a little bit still? I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of motion. That's a lot of, and work. she's so reminiscent too. I mean, it's a, it's rare, I think, for me anyway, to see an actress, uh, 
you know, of her, I guess, generation or, or back then, uh, that wasn't just in their youth, just trop dead, absolutely gorgeous women. I mean, she just like, you know, Betty White and people can laugh if they want to, but I don't know if you've seen B. Arthur when she was younger. B. Arthur was <laughs> beautiful too, I think. Okay. The reason why it's funny is because when you say B. Arthur, the only people think of two things. They think of Maud. Yeah. And they, and they think of Golden Girls, okay? Yeah, they don't see her back when she was on Broadway and stuff. Like, but, it's crazy. Right, but they don't think of Betty White when she was young. Betty White was hot when she was young. Dude, Betty White was a knockout. And Rue, uh, the, the one that played Blanche, Rue yeah, something. Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. And, and, you know, it's all, it's all those classic beauties, man. It's like, I think Maureen O'Hara is... She's overlooked. Uh, and honestly, Maureen O'Hara, I only remember her from, I think, McClintock. <laughs> John Wayne and McClintock. Right. Well, I mean, that's before our time, people were talking about here. So, I mean, unless you really True. went back and studied and looked them up, I mean, you're yeah. not going to know a whole lot of what they did or what they looked like. At but time. I really loved her in this movie, too, because it was like, you know, like I said before, before, you know, I started watching this with my son. I don't know if I said that on the podcast or before we were when we were talking backstage, but you know, I started watching it with my ten year old, and it's just so behind the time, I guess, for our these generations that it was really super boring to him or whatever. So we stopped watching it, and I went back and watched the rest of it alone, or well with Tasha. And um, man, alive! The way they didn't give you a whole lot of backstory or whatever, I don't think, but the. The actors, I think, in this just did exceptional because you didn't need a whole lot of backstory to feel their emotions. Like no. when she was standing in church and they were doing, they lit the candles and all, and she was just up front and didn't have a candle and she was just looking around. So it was, she just felt so alone. You know what I mean? Like it was like a lonely moment. And it's just, I think, I think they did an outstanding job. Like everyone, teeny tiny pieces of this movie just uh, was you, like. You're talking Miss McFarland, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when before that, when when Jesse goes to her house to do offer to do the chores for right. like any room for five dollars, and she picks the messiest room, <laughs> largest room. But she's also the lady in the area who's like the hermit or something. She doesn't want no right. people get off my lawn, kids. You know that kind of person. Exactly, around nowhere near her property or anything. She's bitter. She's alone. It gives you the idea of feeling that she lost her husband recently or something. That's or, exactly what I felt like when she started begging her to do the Christmas lights again. And I, that's what I told Tasha. I said, "I bet you her husband died and they did them together." But it left all that so open-ended. Like, you didn't get all those explanations. You were able to form those ideas and, and fantasies for yourself. And But that's hearkening back to what I was saying. They're like her, like Michael Constantine as the uh, as the Santa Claus mm -hmm. was, you know, just her sitting there. Hit, the dude had on a full Santa suit, and he did it with his eyes. His eyes, when he looked at her, when she said something about sending him out to uh, not wanting to go live with her aunt. You know, he's behind a, a Santa Claus beard and the hair and all. And just the response in his eyes alone was just amazing. You could feel it. Like he was empathetic yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah, you could tell it hit him right in the feels on that when he when she was t saying all that stuff. And she said it as she was walking off, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's like he's he's catching that as she's walking off. And he's like, what? Did I hear that? And then you can see that how bad he felt for the girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ratanya Alda, who's Aunt Sarah, I don't remember seeing her in anything else, but I'm sure she was in a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't, she's somebody that I, I just did not recognize. It was new to me. I don't recognize her from that. And I think she, uh, or well, I wouldn't have recognized her like, uh, I'm, I'm looking her up right now. Especially she's been when in, I watched it. 
she was in Mommy Dearest as Carol Ann. She was in The Deer Hunter. She was in Amityville 2, The Possession, that had um, Diane Franklin in it. Yeah, I, mean. well, see, I, I remember I remember her, and like I said, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have remembered her from that. It would have been like Tasha recognizing the uh, Michael, the Santa Claus from Big Fat Greek Wedding. I would recognize her for something I seen years later. Which so I, I would recognize I recognize her from like the Dark Half and the Ref. So I mean, it would have been one eminent. Like I don't know her, know her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She just didn't stand out to me is all. But now, next, right next to her on the screen, I'm looking at Mr. Abe Vigoda. That Abe person Vigoda. definitely stands out to me. I would. That's some 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 old Barney Miller days. Uh, Barney Miller and his, his own little spinoff called Fish. I mean, you know he he's been been quite a few things on, and especially in movies over the years. Even when he got older, uh, Adam. Here's an Adam Sandler movie. Was that Big Daddy? He was in. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I think. I'll, I was thinking it was I was thinking it was Big Daddy because the little the little kid would read no no uh look who's talking oh okay with, with John Travolta because the little baby would reach up and grab his nose it was John Travolta's dad in the movie the little baby reach up and grab his nose and grab his ears and grab hair on his ear or something like that okay yeah 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 so I, it seems like I remember him being in some mobster movies and I definitely remember him from uh uh. Oh man, it's one of my favorite movies. Come on, man, Lisa. Come on, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> Weird Science. Weird Science. Abe Vigoda was in Weird Science. I'm I'm drawing a blank on that. I'm pretty sure he was. I don't remember. I don't remember like his name or nothing. But I'm pretty sure he was in there. I know his I know. face. Now he was in The Godfather one and two. You talked about gangster movies. He was in that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I do. Uh, I know. I remember him from from. Uh, from, and he uh, was, now gangster. I mean, yeah, gangster was, movies. He was in the TV series Weird Science. Yeah, he was old man Lisa. Right. Yeah. It was so when Lisa the became the old man. But uh, lots of other movies. Uh, we have uh, gosh, Sugar Hill. We got Jury Duty. We got he was in Murder She Wrote on television. Some MacGyver episodes. I remember him on, on MacGyver. Now that I think about it, Joe versus the right. Volcano, Keaton's Cop, Look Who's Talking. Um, and Tales from the Dark Side, Cannonball Run hey, Two, yeah, Harper Valley PTA. The man was the man. The man stayed busy. Let's say that, He's right? A busy, busy man. But um, I tell you, when it tripped me out to see who was in this, and I, you know what? Thinking, thinking back, I can't remember recognizing him. And I just, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Just watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, you do. I'm sure you do. Oh, Leonard. Well, yeah, Leonard. Jonathan Galicki. Yeah. And I just watched the movie and still didn't recognize him. I'd have to go it, back and watch it again to find him. It's one of his earliest things he was in. And if you remember, he was also in Christmas Vacation, too, the same year. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, no, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Was it the same year? I don't know if it's the Christmas same Christmas Vacation was 89. What year was this in? This was, this was 89. Okay. So the same year. Yeah. Yeah. He did two of, the biggest, two of the biggest Christmas movies of the 80s. Johnny Galecki was in both of them. I think that's something. And then he met Darlene. Right. And then, of course, she got <laughs> Ariana Richards. She plays Carol Weatherby. That was a that was a Jesse uh, Jesse Riggs's friend, best friend in the in the movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Now, can you tell me what else Ariana Richards was in without looking it up? <laughs> no, really. Have you seen Angus? I don't think so. Really, you have not seen Angus? Seriously, dude, come on. Um, but I think wasn't she? Uh, 
Yeah, no, I never seen Angus. Okay, so the other movie is Jurassic Park. Okay. She was the the little girl in Jurassic Park. Her and her brother was visiting. Really? Yeah, the grandkids of the guy. Oh wow, she changed a lot throughout the years, then, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Uh, That her 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 look in this movie in Prancer is just a little bit different than Angus. Uh, What the the main difference is she's probably about a couple years old, two or three years older, Mm -hmm. and that little frizzy look on the front of her head, her hair. Is not quite there no more. It's, it's done a little okay. bit differently. Uh, so I've never seen Angus. What is Angus? Uh, Angus, uh, it's it's this kid that gets bullied all the time. Uh, you remember the the guy in American Pie that played Shermanator? I yeah, yeah, yeah. My name. So he was younger. That was his friend Troy in the movie. It's his friend Troy. He's got his big old huge ears and the red hair. But they both get bullied. Oh, the big kid, the fat. What you? What we would call yes. the fat kid? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Angus. So, uh, and then uh, the guy, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, I think I did see this. What was it? James Vanderbeek, or was it the one that played Zach on Saved by the Bell? That was the, the one that was bullying him all the time. It was yeah, Vanderbeek, wasn't I'm it? looking at it right now. It's James Vanderbeek. Yeah, I was watching yeah. the commercial for it. Yeah. Yeah. It was Vanderbeek. And that see, was a fun didn't movie. Angus, didn't Angus like get up in him one time? Like they finally made him mad enough to like grab, he, he snatched one of them up at some point. I've seen this movie. It's been years well, ago. He, they they would always bully him, but he was always bigger than them. And he could always, you know, take up and then knock him down, but they would still make fun of him and tease him all the time. Yeah. And then they reached high school and the, the boy, the other boys grew up and Angus really didn't grow anymore. So now mm-hmm. they're all pretty much on equal basis at that point. So the okay. bullying changes a little bit at that point. But yeah, that, for anybody who wants to you know, check out something that's not Christmas related, Angus is a great movie to watch. And it is, I think, an early 90s. I think I'm, it is 1995. I think I'm going to go back and watch it because I remember, I swear I've seen it, but I do not recall it. Yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, Travis, definitely do if you don't remember watching it. it and you probably have seen it. It'll come flying back to you when you see yeah. it. Yeah. But it's one of those feel-good type movies there in a way uh, everybody can relate to it. I think everybody at one point had that bully in their life, uh, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, what what kind of bullying it was, whether it was just making fun of you and teasing you or actually physically you know, approaching, you know, touching you and stuff. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I think everybody's had it at one point, so I, I think most people can relate to it. I um, wonder if Timmy's got any toys from Prancer or from Angus. Timmy does not he doesn't. participate in the toys. Okay. I, no, he does who not. Who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of that does all the toys with the lunch boxes and stuff? Okay, I take it back. That guy's name is Timmy as well, but this is a different Timmy. <laughs> How am I supposed to know stuff like that? What well, Timmy are you? you maybe we're you, talking about two different Timmys. If you listen to the podcast sometimes, Travis, when you're out playing hooky, you would know that the Timmy we are talking about is none other than this guy right here. Okay. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. 
New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flip Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Now, to be fair, though, we could give a shout out to the other Timmy, though. It's uh, Timothy Gibson, I think his last name is. He is a huge collector of 80s memorabilia. If you want to see his his room, the man has a garage and a room with stuff in it. It is outstanding. It's and it will make you it will make you feel like you're a kid again. I, I just want to reach out and grab everything in the room and play with it. For sure. But, I think um, I, I think in the la- within the last few months he got a new bicycle too. He did. Uh yeah. back to the nineteen eighties, all one word on Instagram. Back to the nineteen eighties, and at the end of it it's on an S which was a Z. So back to the nineteen eighties. I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes. Uh, but back in the 1980s, ending with a Z, not an S, on Instagram. And he's got everything from, I mean, he, he, even some of the girls' stuff uh, to kind of honor his sister and everything too as well, you know. But G.I. Joe's, uh, Transformers, uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe stuff, uh, all kinds of lunchboxes, TV trays, VHS tapes, old game systems and games, um, older electronic stuff, everything from the stickers and um, gosh, even some older stuff that was like that, that would had food in it at one point you know, just to see the nostalgia of the box it was in, or maybe like a pack of big league chew sitting on the, t- on the thing by a baseball toy or something. He's got right. everything. I mean, Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, a team, um, all kinds of model cars and stuff. that were from other TV series and, and things. Uh, and I'm, I'm just not exaggerating old BMX bikes that he restores, which is, he does a great job on that as well. So, uh, if you get a chance to check Timmy out, definitely take a look at his stuff. I think you'll, you'll really like it. Heck yeah. Um, so I like it. jumping back, jumping back to the movie, the, the girl in the movie, I think, I I think she was one and done. She might've done a couple things. No, I'll take it back. She did try two or three other things. The reason why she got out of acting for the most part it's because they were wanting her to do the traditional thing that you get, you know, good looking young women to do in the movies and horror movies. The scream Queens who show some skin basically is what it come mm-hmm. down to. Mm-hmm. It's not the direction she wanted to go, which is, you know, it's understandable. There's nothing wrong with that, but she just never got a bunch of things that really appealed to her. So she steered more toward later on the directorial side of things. Yeah. She's got a lot. She's got quite a few producer and directorial credits to her name. Yes. And some of the stuff is recent. You can see it on Netflix and such. Well, you know what? Well, good on her for that, for uh, sticking to her standards and and having, you know what I mean? Not that I'm, not that I'm saying that any women that do follow that route don't have standards, but you know what I mean? That's, that's a personal standard that you have. Good on you for sticking to it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there, um, is there a favorite part of yours in this movie that stands out to you? Um, oh man, it's hard to say. I want to say, I, I want to say, I think, you know, for some reason it hit me in the feels, uh, that little moment that she had with, uh, we said her name while I go miss whatever, where she went to clean her house or whatever. Uh, uh McFar- Miss McFarland, Miss McFarland. I, I really think that that little, that little moment she had there with her, uh, especially when she came out, you know, she gave her the approximate $15 that she was looking to make after they agreed on like the $15 never even came up. It was just kind of a little, 
you know, well, I, we agreed on five. She was half doing a half price, so she would have gotten 10. Well, Miss McFarland was like, well, I'm going to give you 15. So, and th- just that whole little, that whole little piece right there, I don't know, it made me feel some kind of way because just seeing Miss McFarland kind of go from, like you said, the old hermit cat lady to, you know, getting a little bit of a connection with the little girl. And then, and then afterwards seeing her into, in the church and all, and a little boy handling, handing her the candle and all made it even more special. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. I think, you know, uh, for me, I'm going to stick in this along the same direction that you're going, uh, this movie, while it had some cute things to it, it had some funny, some little bit of funny things to it. Um, the, the, the one for me is when, uh, the father, Sam Elliott really comes to realize at the end of the movie, like what he's about to lose and comes yeah. to his senses and he goes to the place where Prancer is, finds his daughter's earmuffs laying on the ground where she had fallen out of the tree there. They were, they go to try to, uh, to hijack, you know, Prancer and break him free. Break yeah. him, he can get, get away and everything. And she ends up hurting herself. And he goes back and you see, he's just checking out the reindeer. He tells the guy he's there checking out the reindeer, make sure things are good. And then he goes back to her at the house and, She's kind of waking up now and she's feeling a little bit, I don't want to say sorry for herself, but she's feeling kind of down. Like I should have listened to dad. And yeah, know, that's, what she's, that's when she said, I'm almost nine now, you know, right. Of course, I, I, of course, I shouldn't can't fly. right. You know, I shouldn't be believing yeah. her, her aunt's trying to build her up and tell her, you know, why would you say that? That's it's, it's really, you know, you should believe. And then before you know it, the, the dad's home and he has that conversation with her, you know, the father and daughter moment and everything. So, and being that I have a daughter, you know, that just, it, it hits me just right. I guess. hundred you know, percent, man. I really, sometimes, some moments of this movie and looking back on it too, especially like with my son watching it. And I feel like one of the reasons it didn't stick out in my mind, like I remember seeing it when I was a kid, but I don't, there's other movies that I've seen that I, I've seen at that age at one time. And I remember them front to back, but I don't remember this one like that. Maybe because honestly, I kind of feel like this movie while it's a family movie, I feel like it's more adult themed in far as far as the complexity of what's going on in it. I mean, this is really a smart movie, man. Yeah, and and what you mentioned earlier about the cuteness of the movie, you got this little girl in Jesse mm-hmm. Riggs, who is just she just seems like a carefree, fun loving kid who just you know, she's trying to tell her dad she saw a reindeer. You know, I saw this reindeer and it was big and it was cute and all this, and he's just like being all gruff with her and telling her to. Uh, something about was it something about her, her homework or school? Or, yeah, yeah. And even her big brother picking on her, you know, well, Steve messing with her. Oh, well, I don't want everybody to think you're crazy. And <laughs> then he's trying to stop her. And then instead of going and tell, tattling on her, like big bro has her back, you know, well, if you're going to go, then I guess I got to go with you, you know, like he showed up, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's where I think I would put mine at. Uh, is there a scene that you didn't care for too much? You didn't think should have been the movie. You didn't like it or I felt like it took a little too long to get started. You know what I mean? Like it, it, was, it was a slow starter. Yeah. It took a little too long to get started, but I, there wasn't, I don't really think there was any scenes I did. I necessarily disliked in it. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I mean, I thought it was, like I said, you know, going into it with my boy and then walking away from it, like with the thought of, you know, I guess we watched it, I guess we watched it maybe the first 30, 40, probably more 45 minutes of it and walking away from that first 45 minutes with the idea of like, 
man, like I, I thought this movie was way better than this. <laughs> like, and then coming back to it, you know what I mean? Afterwards and, and then sitting down and, you know, without a 10 year old sitting beside me and watching and going, okay, that this is, and, and that's why I say, I feel like this is more of, it's a more mature storyline and feel the cinematography to it is, you know, even though it's um, older it still has more of a classic and mature vibe to it. Like I feel like the movie overall, I, I would almost say that this is, um, uh, it's a wholesome family movie for sure. But I really do feel like this is more a geared or at least nowadays adults would find more pleasure in this movie than a child would, because it's just not geared toward, you know, the fun, crazy, silly. And, and maybe we had a more mature vibe with our movies when we were kids. I don't know. You know I mean, what I mean? Who knows? But I do see what you're saying about that, though. As far as rewatching it again, I, I, I definitely feel the same way about it. Uh, I'm sure the kids would probably get a kick out of seeing the reindeer and the mm. thought of, hey, maybe a reindeer is real. You know, maybe it is. But the rest of the movie is really not, you know, the little cutesy kind of kid thing where you, yeah. you want to see stuff with the reindeer happening. It's more the cuteness of it, you know, revolves around how you're viewing how the Jesse Riggs character is and her thoughts about, you know, or, well, her belief in Christmas because she plays Christmas records year round. The dad says, right, right, yeah, you know, she's a big believer in Christmas. Uh, she believes, uh, like, she she believes in God. She believes in heaven. She believes her mother is in heaven. Like yeah. her and her friend have that falling out almost because um, the friend tells her she doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Uh, Carol mm -hmm. Weatherby. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, if you don't, you know, you don't believe in Santa Claus, you know, do you not believe in God? She says, well, let's talk about that. I don't know. How do yeah. we really know? And she's like, well, if there's no God. There's no heaven. Mm -hmm. And she says, maybe there's not. And which makes her really mad. Right. And she says, just, Carol Weatherby, you're not my friend anymore. Right. You know, right. You're done with it. And she's well, like, well, what did I do? You know, she's trying to explain to her because if there's no heaven, she says, what about her mom? So that's exactly. Where she her. So she's still hurting over her mom, obviously. Oh, 100%. And, and, that, and, that was something and, that I noticed. It was a running theme throughout, too, was everybody mm -hmm. was kind of hurting over something. Yeah, like, so it, it must be, have been recent. It must yeah. have been re They didn't tell you how long it had been, but it must have been recent. Right, and there again, that's what I say. You get all these pieces of these people's stories throughout this movie, but you don't get any building on it, which also I felt like maybe that's kind of what made it a good movie, too, was because of the fact that you were given such powerful I feel like really, really stellar, powerful performances from the actors, from the cast yeah. to where I didn't, I didn't need all that. I, I didn't care about it. I, I like being able to think about it. Of course you go, well, it'd be nice to, you know what I mean? Like it'd be nice to know or have some of these gaps filled in. But honestly, I kind of looking back on it, I, I like just filling it in. Cause you know, the sis, uh, so of course the entire family's distraught over the mother's death. But then you got like Miss um, McFarlane. Well, something's bothering this lady terribly bad. And then you got Mister Stewart, yeah, the the guy who played the Santa Claus. And I think he wasn't wasn't he a cop too, or, or maybe he walked in the cop office to tell him about it or something. One of them was a cop. I forget that. I don't think if they had something else to do in the movie or not. But like they had so much concern for the for the township, you know, and and everything going on. It was just like a, that's, what, that's also what lends to me also saying like it's, this was such a mature and smart movie. I think. Yeah. yeah, I was really impressed. Like the more I go on about it, the more impressed I am with it. I went from being like, "Ooh, this is gonna be another hard one to watch," to like, "This is really, I think, an overlooked gem of a movie." I would agree with you. I mean, it's it's there's you know there's a lot of those we're finding here lately. Uh, you know, for those who 
don't understand, just listen to uh, the past month's worth of episodes or so. You'll see what I'm talking about. There's quite a few movies we've been finding lately and putting out there that we referred to as these forgotten gems. There's more of those to come. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll discuss with Travis later. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely more of those to come uh, that people just might not remember or have never seen because of them being so good, but not good enough to the point to where they were played every year on your you know, your super stations or something like that. Yeah, or, or something like this too, to where like, I recall it. Like I, I remember my grandma took me and Natasha to see it. And yeah, it was awesome. There's a girl and a reindeer. And I, it, that, but that's how I remember about it. And yeah. then you go back and watch it and, you know, in this new light. So it's a, it's one of those that wasn't a blockbuster because it, I, because it wasn't all special effects aimed at kids, reindeers flying around everywhere. And it had this mature theme to it. Um, you know, may have fallen through the cracks. Like, you know what I'm saying? As far as being a, this big blockbuster and, and a classic or revered as a, as a classic through the years, you know what I'm saying? Um, that may be why, because it was just kind of misunderstood at the point at the time or people walk away from it in that time period going, yeah, that was pretty good. And the kids go, yeah, it was all right. Nobody really kind of understood what was really going on with the movie back then. You know, you know, speaking of some of the not so, memorable but still good stuff um you know we like we talked about before like we did six pack fun mm-hmm. movie i don't know if you were finished watching it or not i don't <laughs> i don't know if fun, i did or not but fun movie fun movie it was really fun to watch back in the day but kind of forgotten about because mm-hmm. you know it's, it's just a lot of airplay um for the for the 80s christmas is there is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head or if you just take a moment that is christmas related movie that was not one of the blockbuster hits or big at the theater. Like, you know, like Scrooge was big at the theater. You know, this was Christmas vacation was uh, die hard lethal weapon. Was it Christmas time settings? But is there anything that you can think of that you want to bring up that is Christmas movie that just didn't get a lot of love throughout the years and gets replayed a lot or anything? I think, um, that was 2006. There was a scary movie. I was trying to think of, that I can't recall, but I mean, honest to God, no, really, not really. I don't know that. I mean, at a $16 million gross, I'm not sure that Prancer was a, I mean, is that a hit or a flop in 89? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but as far as Christmas movies go, it's a memorable one though. It is a memorable one for sure. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, A friend of mine brought this up to me and um, a couple of years ago is when he first brought it up to me and he, Mentioned it again this year, and me and my mom watched it this year on a Thanksgiving night. But uh, if you were a fan of the Dukes of Hazard growing up, Tom mm-hmm. Wilpat and John Schneider did a movie together where they were brothers, and it was called Christmas Comes to Willow Creek. Okay. Now, if you've never seen it, it's uh, I like the movie. It's I think it's pretty good. They're 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 truck drivers. They're trying to get a truck all the way to Alaska to a town in Alaska, Willow Creek. In time mm-hmm. for kids to have Christmas, because uh, otherwise it's not going to get there, and nothing's going to get there for the kids, right? And and the town's on the verge of shutting down to top it off. So mm-hmm. this might be the last year they're able to have Christmas with you know the, all, all the families there, uh, and their feuding brothers are not getting along. They're fighting, and you know usually when something you know, a movie like this comes around, there's usually a multi you know, it's like a multi-purpose deal going on. Like you're trying to, and in this case, 
this guy is trying to bring the two brothers back together. He says he can't make the road trip because of his health and his heart. He, he really can't. So he gets both of them to get together to make the trip. It's his little ploy to get them to make up and be close again. Yeah. Also, it's to encourage the one, which is John Schneider, who's not very ambitious or does anything, to find something for himself there when he gets there and make something out of himself. Mm-hmm. And he helps that out with part of what he sends up there with them to be delivered. And I'll, I won't, I won't say what it is. You can watch the movie. Anybody wants to watch it. Who's hearing about it now can see what it is mm-hmm. once you watch it. And then of course it's about, um, this one girl that both the brothers had been crazy about at one point and she fell for one of the two and the other one kind of holds a grudge against it. And so, so, I mean, it's like a big multi-purposeful thing. The kids getting Christmas, the brothers coming back together and being family again. One of them has a kid already as a teenager and them two getting close to each other again because they're kind of drifting apart. It's it's a really good Christmas feel Christmas movie if you want to watch something like that. So, yeah. once again, Christmas comes to Willow Creek. It's pretty good. So, had you ever seen anything on TV like that? Like, it could be a TV movie. The Not Christmas even- Toy by Jim Henson. Or Jim Henson's The Christmas Toy. The Christmas Toy. It'd be like, it'd be like, um, it'd be like Small Soldiers or like a Toy Story or something. Yeah. But, uh, the toys and the toys are, uh, they come to life like they do. And then, um, they're on Christmas Eve. There's a new toy, a new tiger or something. Uh, or there's a new toy coming and the tiger is making shenanigans to make sure he's the favorite. He stays the favorite or something. I don't know. It's been a long, long time. That's still cool though. But I would think that would be that maybe the closest thing. The scary movie I was trying to think of was uh silent night, deadly night it came out in 1984. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, yeah. And this See, well, hey, of, like, well, off the wall. Hey, there you go. I I said forgettable type movies, right? That was good. There you go, right I forgot there. Forgot about that one. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was the eighties uh, was big on massacre movies for some reason. Like you know what I mean? Like Slumberhouse <laughs> Party. Slashers. Yeah, slasher movies. Yeah, Slumberhouse Party Massacre, House at the End of the Street, Sorority House Massacre, 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 Slasher Massacre. <laughs> but. Uh, I got one. I got one. I got an off the wall one here. This cause, uh, just talking about the Duke boys and this ain't even, I mean, this is out of left field, but I'm in love with Trish Stratus. So anytime I get to say anything about her, she did Christmas in Rockwell last year. It was pretty good. There you go. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> I, I didn't bring him a smoky mountain Christmas, but that was good too. Ooh, Dolly Parton. There we go. Yeah. Dolly Parton's funny. She's hilarious. That was in the eighties too. So yes, yeah. I'm saying so, I, I mean, can totally bring that up. That's right. There's nothing cooler than sitting in a bar or a restaurant, I'm sorry, in Rocky Top, Tennessee, and hearing a good band or a good, you know, or, or a famous person liable to swing by, come in and sing Rocky Top. It's like, um, it's so I don't, cool. So now you might get that in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Vision Forge area, but I will tell you where you get it the most. Yeah. 30 minutes down the road for me in Nashville, Tennessee. You could be the Toot- you could go to Tootsie's bar. The, it's the original Tootsie's. There's a right. in city as well. Right. And there, and there might be another one somewhere. So I think it's just the two though, but you can be in Tootsie's bar on any given night during the year. And there has been anybody from kid rock to Blake Shelton to Kenny Chesney. It's usually country people. Just show uh, up. Just show up and get on the little stage up there and give a little free 
15, 20 minute concert, sing a few songs, uh, you know, shake some hands, hug some babies or something, you know, I don't know. crazy. Talk to people, you know, and, and you, you might see them on the street walking through there. I mean, it used to be, you'd see Taylor Swift at the mall. People would, when she first just, she was just coming out and That's people would start, crazy. when people started recognizing her big, it cut all that out for the most part, you know? Right. Um, but that's just one of those things out here. I used to work at a grocery store when I was fresh out of high school and George Lindsay would come into the store and shop there. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know who George Lindsay is, if you were ever a fan of Andy Griffith, uh, this is a goober. Yeah. A goober pile. Run the filling goober station. Pile. Yeah. Goober and Gomer cousins. That's crazy. But I will tell you this though. He hated being called goober. Oh, I'm sure. And what's crazy about it, too, is you hear that. I'm sure you hear that all over the place in Tennessee. But like you said, around Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, Knoxville, you know what I mean? And then slide on out there towards you, towards Nashville and Memphis and all that stuff. And Rocky Top is like in the middle of all of them. Like Rocky Top ain't even. <laughs> the you know the song like, Rocky, like Rocky Top, you mean? Well, yeah. No, no, no. Well, the 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 place. I mean the the place. If you're speaking of you know Rocky Top, I mean it's it's you not like Rocky it's, Top, Tennessee. Yeah, it's, not, it's like there's no Rocky Mountains in Tennessee. If you're going that route, it's a great. No, Rocky Top is in I Tennessee. Mean, there is a Rocky Top, Tennessee. Well, I know, but I mean, when you say it the way you say it, people are thinking probably Rocky Mountains or something. Oh yeah, no Rocky Top, Tennessee. So yes. for, well, for those that don't know, <laughs> you gotta be a little, you gotta be a little more specific about it. Good like, you know, old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. So Rocky Top, Rocky Top is a town that's about I don't know twenty thirty minutes north. Well, maybe an hour uh, northwest of Knoxville. Would you say something like that? Something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. But it's so cool because like when you're in when you're in Tennessee, especially in those mountainous regions, you see in Rocky Top signs everywhere. Like there's yeah. Rocky everywhere's got a Rocky Top or they call it Rocky Top or whatever. There's there is an actual town. I don't I don't know. Maybe the song ain't about the town, but there is a town called Rocky Top, Tennessee. There's a song called Rocky Top, Tennessee. And if you're in in a place, especially if it's got a bunch of locals in it, holy cow! Like that place gets lit when you throw on some Rocky Top. Especially if you're in Knoxville, because it's where the Tennessee Vols play at, and Rocky Top is a big deal for them. Yeah, it's long. so it's 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 it gets crazy. Heck yeah! So, speaking of crazy, how crazy is it that this is our last episode of 2023? What? How crazy is it that we are all almost- on Prancer? That makes it so cool to me because yeah. it makes it like for it to come out of nowhere and be such an such a uh, uh, unexpected delight of a of a watch. Yeah, and and how crazy is it that we're almost on a hundred episodes? That's we're not quite there yet. Now, if we crazy. had been, if if we had stuck with once a week, you know, we would have hit a hundred already. But we did change our yeah. format toward the last of the year to go to two two a month instead. So right. we are we are fairly close. We're knocking on the door of a hundred episodes, which we won't hit a hundred till the beginning somewhere in twenty twenty four. I think we'll, we'll probably hit it in January. Hmm. But how crazy is that that we've been around that long still? That's a trip. It, well, did you, you, know what? We're, did we're you honestly think that? Did you honestly think as much as we enjoyed it when we first started? Though, did you honestly think we'd be here? hundred episodes in still talking about stuff. 
Yeah, yes and no, because me and you both enjoy this and love it, and we don't care if we 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 just we're doing this because we enjoy it. If it if yeah. it turned into something where it was just two nerds hanging out on the whatever night we're doing this, and you know what I mean, we think we're making a daggum podcast and nobody was listening, we'd still be doing it. So right. <laughs> we're I mean, built that way. But I mean, it is impressive though. I mean, that we're still doing. We haven't changed. We haven't like given up and tried something different. You know what I mean? Like we've, we've made some adjustments and things, but you know, I mean, I'd have to go in and count, but I think with Prancer, I think we're going to be sitting right at 96 or 97. Yeah. That's awesome. I Not think, only that, the other, I think the thing that makes me trip out about it too, is the people that we've talked to and friends connections that we've made too. Yeah. I was telling somebody that just the other day, um, you know, being that it's Christmas time and a Christmas episode, it's a great time to bring up, you know, the new people, the great people we've met and, you know, somewhat become friendly with and everything. I mean, I never would have thought that we would have some of the people on we did, um, just to throw some names out from the past, early in the past, Lori Tucker, mm-hmm. which Lori does listen to us from time to time. So, Lori, if you're listening to us now, thanks a lot, you know, for listening and promoting us, putting us out there. Yeah, and, sharing us and stuff. And, yep. and being on with us. She's been on a couple of times with us, and we got, I'm going to get her on again here soon. It's been a while, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Watch your calendar, Lori. We're coming for you. Um, first, uh, um, other than her, we had Catherine Mary Stewart, one of our earliest ones we had come on. Mm-hmm. And from there, I mean, she's actually become fairly friendly with the show, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't feel like she doesn't know who we are if we reach out to her. Right. Um, no, 100%. You know, when I reached out to her about coming on a second time to talk about something, she kind of Lance. well she kind of changed it on me said why don't we do a starfighter episode and i'll get lance to come on yeah she knew exactly who we were she remembered yeah. that i liked that i was a big starfighter fan mm-hmm. you know and i thought that was just awesome as can be and i've got this poster you can't really see because you're you're listening to us and even if you're watching the video you can't see my wall right now but i got this poster back there that i got and i was able to send to her and she forwarded it to lance and both of them signed it for me it's like my my prize possession on the wall right now i wow. i will brag i will brag about it till anybody to anybody till the sun comes back up i don't care i love that thing it's great but all right these people now. diane diane franklin patrick Laberto, jeffrey owens mm-hmm. uh mark anthony austin in the special effects and does some stuff in star wars and uh marvel movies and avatar and all these different things he'd been in and done. Ringo uh, Star, or not Ringo? Ring, we didn't get Ringo. We got uh uh. Who we get? We got Dirty Pete. Dirty uh. Oh man, come on, darn it! I didn't said no. Jeffrey Owens. I didn't say his name. Oh okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, Jeffrey Owens. He he played. You talking about Young Guns, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't play one of the main regulars. He I don't played. Know why uh, I said Ringo. I don't want either Ringo Star as a drummer for the. I did that last time too. I meant Johnny oh. Ringo. We did have Johnny Ringo on. No, we did not. Johnny Ringo is no. I would like to get him on. I thought we talked to him. That's Michael Bean. Michael Bean, yeah. Yeah. No, he's never been on here. That'd be great too. Maybe I'm see. Well, here we are. It's late at night. I don't have my ADD medicine working no more. And I, you know, we've probably been talking about how he came to a couple of the comic cons we went through. Hey, do you know who That's else hasn't? You know who else hasn't been on the show? Just so you know. Uh, Arnold, uh, Michael Dukakis. Michael Dukakis hasn't been yeah. on yet. No, hasn't so hasn't been on him. the show, but it, and no. why hasn't why hasn't Michael Dukakis been on the show? Well, I ain't real sure. I he guess said it's Michael Dudikoff, you doofus. That's why <laughs> you can't ever get his name right. I told you he'd never was, come on the show. 
I was thinking maybe it was because he had something going on with the ninja problem again. It could uh, he be. was balancing ninjas or budgets one. I don't know. It could be. Who knows? But anyway, hey, look, we're getting past our point here. We got to hurry up. We're about to get ready to sign off for the episode. But we wanted to, like he started to say, and we were doing thank you to everybody who's been on the show that came on with us, who helped co-host the show at times, anybody and everybody who listens to the show, especially and shares us and talks mm-hmm. about us. Thank you a lot. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, if you just keep sharing us, you know, word of mouth is great. You know, getting people out there for new listeners and everything. The show continues to grow uh, every week. It feels like to me every month, it feels like I've gotten, you know, what I feel like is better and better along the way for the show as far as who listens to us and everything. So, uh, if you get a chance, though, one thing we don't have a lot of is reviews right now. So if you can take a moment and go to iTunes and drop a review for us on there, or if you listen to us on Spotify, give us the five-star rating on Spotify. I don't think it gives you the opportunity to to write anything about us, but iTunes, you can leave anything from a few short words to a like a short paragraph or something, whatever you want to say. Uh, we're also on social media. We're at Facebook and Instagram. And sometimes on the oh, YouTube places, the YouTube oh, and uh, what's and the TikTok, you do some TikTok. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. The YouTube and the TikTok. Uh, occasionally, the YouTube will get bigger. I promise, though. It's it's just just a very time consuming thing. I'm telling you, I'm trying my best. I'm sorry, but we'll have more and more slowly start showing up on there. Uh, follow us on there, Retro Life for You, the number four Y O U. And uh, if you get a chance and you want to go to the webpage and check us out there and listen to us from the website on the player, that's www.retrolife, the number four, the letter U.com. You can listen to us there. There's also a button, I believe, on the player still where you can help support the show if you want to. Um, and it's like there's no required amount. It's just it can be anything from a dollar to whatever. But like I said, even if all you do is share us with people, uh, I'm eternally grateful. That gets us out there for more people to hear. So, Travis, um, normally I hit you up for this in the show, but I got one for you this week, man. Are you are you ready for this? Oh, I think we've lost some Travis. He looks frozen. Yeah, yeah, I think I've lost Travis. I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. He's not here to answer, but what's red, white, and blue at Christmas? Do you know? Nope. It's a sad candy cane. 